lies with you forever And I still can't believe just what I see Your face is like the morning sunshine As it says, it's welcome out to me I was so blinded by your beauty That I didn't think to realize How when you said you want to serve me That it might just lead to my demise You're eating out my heart and soul On my better side Whoever thought you'd be this way, girl You never know what a pretty face can hide Hello and welcome to Cradle to the Grave. I am your host, Eric, and this is an intermission episode which are designed to get you through that long wait in between the two big best of episodes. Today's intermission episode, I asked William Berg to come on and chat with me about the film. William is a historian and writer with many books specializing in the history of the Sacramento area, and I'll have links to his books in the show notes so you can go and buy them. He is also a freelance troublemaker and noise musician. He's also a former video store clerk at a chain that I worked at too back in the 90s. It was super cool to have William on the show, and we had a great time talking about the movie Motel Hell. One after another they come. Never hearing those sounds from the secret garden. Never suspecting they will soon be making those sounds. Right, William, welcome to Cradle to the Grave. How are you doing? All right. Doing all right. Good. I'm doing all right, too. I've been chatting about horror movies all day. I like to group all my Zooms together on a weekend. So I get, you know, I get 10 guests to come on and chat with me about 10 films from a certain year. We're doing 1980 right now. And uh, so, yeah, I'm having a blast talking about all these great 1980 horror films. Are you a fan of horror? Uh, oh, what's, your, what's your what's your personal history with the horror genre? Well, uh, goes back a long way. Grew up in the seventies and the eighties when a lot of the films you're talking about were made, and mm-hmm. definitely my my first love is probably science fiction. But uh, definitely okay. horror genre is appeal, appeals to me. I've a longtime uh, reader of Joe Bob Briggs movie reviews. Oh yeah. Back and uh, was a participant in the the Trash Film Orgy for years mm-hmm. at the Film Festival here in Sacramento. Yes. And been involved with some of the TFO Productions films. And so definitely something that, that has my interest. I actually worked in a video store around 1990 and 
had my own uh, midnight movie section. So I appreciate Which video store did you work at? This Placer TV and Video. Hey, I worked at Placer TV and Video, too, in the 90s. Okay. The one in Yuba City, uh, I worked there, and then I worked for a little bit at one in Lincoln and then in Roseville. So it's kind of like all over the place. But my main store was the Yuba City store. Okay. I had the Auburn and Antelope store. And oh, yeah. We just, I, I just ordered a bunch of movies and made my own little midnight movie section out of sort of subset of, of nice. horror films and various genre and cult films. And they made me take it out. What? Uh, yeah. They said that it didn't seem to pursue appropriate. They said it was inappropriate for a family video store, despite the fact that they had, you know, portos. Yeah. And they That's kept putting Legend of the Overfiend in the kids section. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, that's not a kids movie yeah, at all. Movie that at belongs all. in the porn section. Yeah, it's funny that you say <laughs> Plaster TV video was not. I mean, it was a video store, but I'd say family friendly yeah, because it, yeah, it, we it, had uh, we didn't even have a section for the pornos. We just put them on top of the top shelves. Yeah, you know. But we, I'd always catch kids over there. You know, like young teenage kids, like going over there and kind of pick, peeking them. Hey, you get out of there! <laughs> so close. Well, that's that's cool. But man. I'm not tall enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the, the so you speaking of shitty video stores. That's where I picked up my first copy of Motel Hell. Really? Yeah, a video store down the street from there uh, on Auburn Boulevard, and because it didn't come, it, the movie came out in 1980, but it didn't hit video until 1986. So right. when it was produced, it was uh, really, I think, it was really more intended for the the drive-in and grindhouse crowd. It was still sure. a, a studio production, not like a, even an indie production or anything. And uh, the the stars that I was kind of surprised because I hadn't seen it since probably 1986 or 1987, the first time I saw it. So I was uh, sort of surprised by a lot of the faces that I recognized and mm -hmm. people that had, uh, you know, had careers before this movie and whose or careers after this movie was made that people were, might be more familiar with, like uh, fabulous uh, Cliff Clavin, who's in the movie. When was the first time you watched, you watched Motel Hell when it first came out on video? Then in '86, or did you see it at the drive-in? No, I saw it. it was, no, it was uh, it, like I said, it was at, at the shitty video store down the street from me. Okay. Uh, before Placer Video was there, it was just they they had a lot of oddball genre direct. You know what was becoming direct-to-video horror, and also kind of this era of '70s drive-in and grindhouse film that was being brought over to the the home video market mm -hmm. and my friends and i we'd get together on the weekends to play D D and watch grotesque horror movies so this was definitely <laughs> sounds like me <laughs> that's great so you that's so this little mom and pop video store where you picked up a lot of your early horror films and what are some other titles that you remember from back in those oh, days? Uh, Return of the Aliens, Deadly Spawn. Oh, yeah. And then uh, things like uh, Basket Case and uh, yeah. Brain Damage, a lot of Frank Henlon-Lauder stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, early trauma films, things like Big Meat Eater and the original uh, Toxic Avenger, that sort of thing. And so I, I that's another thing about Motel Hell is I really... I, um, I'm a horror fan, but I'm not really so much. I, I like I like horror that doesn't take itself too seriously. And so the fact mm -hmm. of Motel Hell as a horror comedy is one of the things that I, I enjoyed about it the first time, even though I forgot almost the entire film. There's a, a scene towards the end where they're 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 uh, torturing. Uh, they're 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 doing the psychedelic light show for the the, the rock band that they capture, including uh, right. John Ratzenberger, better known <laughs> as Cliff Clavin from Cheers. This is, right. uh, 
but uh, the, uh, that's the only thing I remember other than just a couple of glimpses of it. So this is the first time I've seen the movie in, you know, 35 years. Uh, and so it was a little bit being brought up to speed. Let's get into Motel Hell. So here's yeah. a synopsis for the movie. Farmer Vincent and his younger sister, Ida, kidnapped unsuspecting travelers and bury them alive in his field with their vocal cords slit to prevent them from screaming for help. Their family motto is, it takes all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent fritters. They fatten up the victims to prepare them for sale as a secret ingredient in their famous smoked meat. But the latest crop of them break free, seeking revenge on their captors. Soon, all the secrets of Motel Hell will be revealed. So this movie was directed by Kevin Connor, whose other genre films are From Beyond the Grave and The House Where Evil Dwells. Motel Hell stars Rory Calhoun, Nancy Parsons, and Wolfman Jack. <laughs> so William, tell me, why do you love Motel Hell? Oh, there's a lot of things to love about it. It's got a lot of the classic elements of horror comedy and that it, it takes some of what by the 1970s were already some of the tropes of that era as horror films and try, kind of tries to turn them on their head and some of which go farther back. I know a lot of uh, that era, if you had a low budget horror film, one of the ways you'd get butts in seats in a movie theater or in a, a cars and spots in a drive-in was by having established stars, people who you know they recognize yeah. from other places. So you'd have Wolfman Jack, who has a very small role. He's a preacher in the film. Very small. In a couple yeah. of scenes. Uh, or people like Rory Calhoun, who had been, you know, he was he had been a cowboy actor for for decades. I actually discovered a little bit of local history trivia about him. He, when he was thirteen and growing up in Santa Cruz, he stole a gun and he spent a while in the uh, Preston School for uh, Delinquent Youth in oh, Iowa, really? better known as wow. Preston Castle. So, wow. and he actually escaped. So he's a real life uh, prison escapee. It wasn't his <laughs> only uh, real life run in with the law, but it was kind of made for an interesting character. Yeah. And the other great thing about this movie is the, the fact that everybody's dumb as a box of rocks, plenty of poor decisions. And without <laughs> poor decisions, there's no horror movie. Because if people do the smart right. thing, they avoid the whole situation. And it's a five-minute movie. And it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so oh, what's that need... big old house? Like, hell, hell no. Keep going. And, you know, roll I know. Out. That'd be the case with all horror movies. Like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Should we pick up that hitchhiker? No. The end. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, the part of it, what sells it, especially with the, with Rory Calhoun and his uh, much, much younger sister, Nancy Parsons, uh, as Ida Smith, is that they play it with such sincerity. And it's really genius. Yes. They're really committed to this, this whole like capturing, kidnapping people and turning them into human meat packs is just something they really feel is really important and something good they're doing for the world. And they're religious and feel like they 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 want to stick to their values uh, and teach another generation the, how to smoke human meat but uh, <laughs> all it ends to be that i was so okay. impressed with roy calhoun in this movie ah he's great he for me he makes this movie worth watching uh i i think he like you said he takes this role pretty seriously even though it's such an outlandish goofy plot he's in it to win it in this film and he makes he makes this film for me like, yeah, I really love his performance and it is, it is a comedy horror. It's goofy in spots. You're right. There's a lot of dumb characters in this film. <laughs> it's, you're laughing at these people and the decisions they make. Is it scary? No, but that end 
when Farmer Vincent puts on that pig head and brings out the chainsaw, holy shit, they just ramped this movie up to 11. That The end scene is fucking awesome. That's definitely a, the, the case. There are other chainsaw fights in other movies that don't really match up to this. Kind of one of, one of my other favorites is the Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, another late 80s film. I missed I, that I, one. I have to check yeah. that one out. It's, it's, it was from Sounds the great. video era and it shows. <laughs> but um, there, if you, I don't know if you've ever like done stuff with live power, like trying to simulate fights with live power tools, but it's kind of dangerous. And it's really hard to sell the the whole chainsaw. Fight. Wait, William, have yeah. you have you tried to have fun, chainsaw fight? Chainsaws, no. Um, <laughs> Power drills and um, angle grinders. Uh, I, right. I'm not sure if you're familiar with my band, but we did a lot of that. And oh they, yeah, Uber, you know, Uber, Uber Kunst, and you know, Uber taping Kunst, fireworks yes. for ourselves, and a lot of things inspired by this kind of horror movies. So gotcha. Let me. It all it's all coming together now. Not taking it seriously. So they, this was a real inspiration. And then, uh, I mean, I guess that would be the the dream is to have had a band that sounded like Ivan and the Terribles, the band full of uh, hippie rockers that uh, <laughs> get their their necks snapped during the during the light show scene. Yeah, I think the attempt. So they started off this movie, or to make this movie, they wanted to make a serious horror film. And then as you know, they're writing this movie, it's becoming clear that it's more of a satire for you know the horror films like Psycho and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is obviously inspired or ripping off, one might say, from those old movies. And I, I like the vibe of the film. I like the goofy black humor. I like the scene where the couple is like the S and M couple. Or, yeah, the swing couple. Yes, and, and then Vincent and Ida come in, and they're like, "Oh, hey, you're right. You're here to party. You're, oh, you're gonna tie me up." That's a fun scene. They they completely are <laughs> buying into the scenario, and they, that's that's one of the things that that's lovely about it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and there and of course it is. There has some creepy moments too. Like I said, the end is awesome. But just the the uh, visual of the bodies buried in this yard, like plants, growing humans with the head sticking up. That's a great looking visual. That's yeah. really good. It's really a real good. body horror thing too, because it's you can kind of imagine yourself stuck in this. Uh, you know, you can like imagine what it's like to be a carrot. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're stuck there. You can't move or fight or talk or anything. <laughs> you just. Uh, and, you know, someone's obviously caring for you, but they're caring for you because they're going to eat you. And so you vegetarians, you're not <laughs> without sin. Because the, the slow, painful, you know, wheat is murder. Uh, I, I, <laughs> anyhow, uh, that's that's the great thing. about what the, the other um, way to get butts in seats in the, in the 70s film was you'd have a couple of Playboy Playmates. And there's an, another people who are basically in one or two scenes, mm -hmm. uh, Monique St. Pierre and Roseanne Caton were both, both Playboy centerfolds and, and who, and a lot of whom made money appearing in films and often in a small scene. And that's another thing you can put on the, the trailer. You can put it, you know, uh, including Playboy playmate Monique St. Pierre. And, and that helps bring people in and uh -huh. uh, can generate an audience, even though you don't see much more of them than that. that short I scene. was surprised, you know, like there wasn't any nudity. There's, there's is nudity. there nudity? Yeah, I don't, the, the, rem well, I don't remember. It, yeah, there's, I mean, obviously, okay, teenagers watched R-rated horror films in the 80s because you'd see naked people. 
exactly. that was part of the appeal. And it was part of what was one of the secrets of Joe Bob Briggs is, you know, always had the count of blood, boobs and breasts in the film. So you know <laughs> what you were going to get in advance as part of the, the quality control procedure. But no, there's, the, there's a completely necessary to the plot uh, nude woman running through the, the scene uh, where they, they're the, the main character and the, the, idiot sheriff park at lover's lane and the main character does a couple of nude scenes nina axelrod actually i didn't realize this but apparently she tested to be rachel in blade runner oh really uh, yeah and she then she did did have a career but she she did a couple of nude scenes and 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 uh the wet a wet t-shirt scene in this film <laughs> and, uh, man i must have like uh went to the bathroom during the nude scenes <laughs> yeah but it's it, it, uh <laughs> But it, it definitely it, it covers all the bases as far as, far as it's not a lot. There's not a lot of blood. There there's isn't. Lot of even breath. I was going to say, there's not a lot of like really graphic kills that you get from an early '80s horror film. Yeah, um, they really they don't go for they don't go for the the gallons of splat. Uh, it's definitely no. it's not a zombie film in that aspect. But it's more about I think in some ways they were trying to be a little more psychological about it and mm -hmm. uh, build up tension. And the pig head scene that that's the only beast is the 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 pig head. You get the foreshadowing where the the pig headed guy jumps out and scares the little girl, and then the, the, you don't see it again really until the end of the movie. So it does it does have certain you know foreshadowing suspense and all this filmic stuff. These guys who yeah. go out and make a movie. Yeah, I, you know, growing up, I, I think I probably watched this movie once. Yeah. And it, it didn't really take with me at the time, probably because I wanted more gore. I wanted more boobs. <laughs> you know, like that's like, hey, I need some more blood in this film. So I, I bypassed this a lot throughout the years. Um, but revisiting it for this podcast, it was an enjoyable movie. Uh, it was fun, goofy, it had a great ending. I wish there would have been a little bit more of the pig head and chainsaw. <laughs> that would have been cool. Um, is it a perfect film? No, it has some, you know, some faults and some bad acting, but overall, so it's a pretty cool film, man. I, I liked it. It definitely has, it has those components. It's one of the, some aspects of the film haven't aged well, especially the, the, the main character essentially connecting with the, the, the villain's brother who, despite, you know, ending up kind of in, ending up in the in the fight with his brother and killing him uh, mm -hmm. is obviously culpable. And you know, okay, yeah, you 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 were okay with eating grandma's dog, and that was just funny. But and discover that, and and just it hadn't noticed any of these. You know, he was obviously not a very good sheriff. But uh, I don't no, know. No. Looks good in the uniform. Press Terry as well. She also seemed to have a taste for older men, in that. <laughs> Uh, she showed up. She, she was coming along with 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 Bo Tolinsky, the the motorcyclist who was you know in his fifties, and she's obviously in her early twenties. So um, I guess she, she goes for father figures, and that's why she initially uh, went for Vincent rather than Sheriff Bruce. And uh, just by default, he's the only living male character left in the movie. I guess that 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 Nina as the or Nina as the, Terry has to has to go with the. The, the living person who saved her and uh, presumably presumably a woman with some sense would split immediately after the end of the movie. <laughs> okay you all are crazy in this town i'm gone i like how they killed ida too and they buried her upside down their feet yeah, sticking feet first that's good it was good right on man i always like to end the chat with the review that the movie came out this is the 1980 review that roger ebert and Gene Siskel did on their show, Sneak Previews. Let's take a listen. 
And our next film is going to be a very tricky one to evaluate, mm -hmm. I think. It's called Motel Hell, and I can already anticipate the controversy over this one. In one corner, people are going to say Motel Hell is complete garbage, violent, gruesome, sickening, and perverse. <laughs> In the other corner, people are going to defend Motel Hell, saying it's a comedy that achieves a kind of demented, satirical genius in the way it criticizes such other sleazoid trash as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, it's possible to take either position on Motel Hell, but I found myself laughing enough during the movie that I'm going to take the second position. Sure, it's trash, but it's funny, satirical trash. A little souvenir for your station wagon. Oh, nice. Thank you, sir. I've never seen them act like that before. What is it? Children! I'll calm them down for you. Yeah! <laughs> you folks come back and see us again real soon. It was a pleasure. <laughs> well, believe it or not, that was Hollywood veteran Rory Calhoun as the movie's hero friendly farmer Vincent, who captures unsuspecting travelers near his motel, plants them up to their necks in his garden, fattens them up with bran meal, turns them into smoked sausage that he sells at his roadside stand. Disgusting? You bet it is. But it's like he says, it takes lots of critters to make farmer Vincent's fritters. Motel Hell goes beyond the merely disgusting to satirize not only the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but also Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, The Honeymoon Killers, and lots of other midnight cult movies. You might say Motel Hell is to Chainsaw Massacre as Airplane is to Airport. I don't know how to put this. I hated it so much I liked it. Well, I think you're way off when you start to compare this film to Airplane, which I thought was pretty much inspired comedy all the way through. For me, this film had a couple of good jokes in it. There's a dueling chainsaw battle at the end in the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, where they keep all the sausages, the guy comes swinging in on a meat hook. It's a, that's <laughs> funny stuff. But before that, we have to suffer through a lot of bad acting, I thought, and not intentionally bad. And not very many thrills. I was surprised. I thought they'd mix it up a little bit better. Well, you know, what I kind of liked about Motel Hell is that in the old days, when you went to see a horror movie, you could also laugh at it. They yes. were kind of campy and funny. In the mm -hmm. last couple of years, horror movies have been horrible. They've been gruesome and depressing with nothing to laugh about. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of refreshing. Well, on that score, you're right. There are some gags in it, and that is a change of pace from depressing horror movies. Finally, we disagree on Motel Hell, the comic horror film. Roger found it funny. He says yes. I thought it was more stupid than funny. I say no. Right on, Roger and Gene. Thank you for that awesome review. What about you, William? What is your final word on Motel Hell? Uh, the, the thing about Roger Ebert is, of course, he had his own experience with this kind of genre film with uh, uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And mm. the, the, the other thing you just mentioned is is uh, uh, Nancy Parsons as Ida Smith. And, and it, she, again, uh, much younger than the hero. So a, a sister that's 30 years younger. And, you know, you watch this film as a teenager. She just looks like an old lady in now in the 50s. Oh, you know, gosh, she's in her 30s. She's young. Uh, but she really commits herself to the part. And mm -hmm. where Rory is a little more, he's really sedate and fatherly and trying to be kind of sort of very grim and upright until he puts the pig head mask on. Uh, Ida is all in all the time, chewing the scenery and just being uh, just, Super extra 100% in every scene she's in. And it's, it's kind of, she was a, a, a stock character for, for in a lot of movies like this and often playing the same sort of character, but she really just commits to it and she's just great at it. She is. It's a fun movie. It's a cool movie. I'm glad you picked it. 
and I had fun watching it. So yeah, thanks, William. This was a good yeah, chat. Yeah, I might call my old buddies from high school and see if they want to watch this again now. Do it, man. Open up a video store and start renting this one out again. <laughs> right on, man. All right, William. Okay. Have a good weekend, man. Good to see you. Okay. Goodbye. Take care. Face can hide. You never know what a pretty face can hide. You never know what a pretty face can hide.